The KXAN News Podcast is sponsored by Shelf Genie. A disaster declaration issued for multiple counties in Central Texas. Which counties and what that means for those affected? Battling large flames and choking on smoke, neighbors in South Austin described their desperate efforts to save an elderly woman from a house fire. Much improved weather today as the cleanup continues. It gets even warmer, but we'll show you when it gets wetter in first warning weather. Hi everyone and thank you for joining us. I'm Mike Rush. First this evening for many it is day five without power and without a timeline of when it will be restored. One Austin official calling this the worst disaster he has seen in nearly 30 years. City leaders in Austin Power today gave an update on the recovery. Mercedes Hernandez attended that and she has live information about what they had to say. We'll have that in just a moment. But first we do want to tell you about a disaster declaration for Central Texas. Texas that the governor has called is impact those impacted by this week's storm. That includes Hayes, Travis, Williamson, and Milam counties. Additional counties include Denton, Smith, and Henderson. In a statement, Governor Abbott said through this disaster declaration, we will be able to provide additional assistance to Texans who have experienced property damage and localized power outages from this ice storm. In other news, a 92-year-old woman has died after a house fire this morning in South Austin. It happened at around 11 on Parkdale Place, south of Ben White Boulevard. Firefighters were able to get the woman out of the house, but she later died at the hospital. Emergency responders say two other people were rescued. One was taken to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. Neighbors describe a huge fire with lots of smoke at the house and describe their efforts to save the elderly woman before firefighters arrived. The daughter said, what do we do? What do we do? And, you know, I was like, we got to break a window. So the daughter found a cinder block and then, you know, just broke a window. I couldn't get in. It just overwhelmed me. I tried. The cause of the fire is still under investigation. The house did not have power because of the ice storm, but it's too soon to know if that is in any way connected to this fire. South Congress Avenue it was shut down in both directions this morning following a gas leak south of Ben White Boulevard. Crews were at the scene of a four-inch natural gas line break. The fire department says the gas line has been clamped. No word on how it happened this evening. Elgin ISD provided curbside lunch services to students today. They served free hamburgers. The city, like so many others in our area, was hit hard by the ice storm and outages spoiled lots of people's food. We're just excited and want to support the community. It's a beautiful day and we're just happy that maybe this winter storm is behind us and we can start moving forward and supporting our community as we want to. Elgin ISD has power back at all campuses except for one. The superintendent says the district is looking at alternative plans to figure out how to get all students back in school on Monday. First warning weather with meteorologist Nick Bannon. Much improved weather today, of course, that really helped out the line workers and the tree trimmers and everybody just trying to get our power back. And this is a glorious looking sunset happening now in northwest Austin at the Palms Car Wash. Take it in. Sun not going to be up too much longer. Temperatures briefly got into the 60s. Now most of us, as you can see, are back down in the 50s again, although we do have still some low 60s in our eastern counties. And it's quite a bit warmer than it was this time yesterday. Many areas right now. 
10 degrees warmer than we were 24 hours ago. As far as clouds and radar, skies cleared out nicely during the afternoon, and we'll stay mostly clear this evening. Maybe you're heading to Cirque du Soleil at the Moody Center here tonight with that show at 7.30, and we'll be dropping through the 50s down to about 50 here by 11 under a mostly clear sky. It does get chilly a little later on tonight, but not as cold as last night. Hey, we've got even warmer days ahead. We'll show you the 70s coming back into the forecast ahead of a Tuesday and Wednesday flooding threat. We'll talk about that, how much rain we could see before things get colder again, Mike. Thanks, Nick. We'll see you in a bit. Well, on this first weekend of Black History Month, the city of Taylor is honoring one of its hometown heroes and a trailblazer. They held a ceremony this morning unveiling a mural of Olympian track star Fred Curley. Jayla Washington shows us a first look. This mural is on the Ford ground storage tank. Take a look right there. And it's actually right around the corner from where Fred Curley grew up. Now in high school, in addition to running track, he also played basketball and football. And if you don't know how impressive he is, let me tell you, he is a world champion. He won that title in the 100 meter back in 2022. He also won a silver medal in the 100 meter during the 2021 Olympic Games and is now training for the 24 Olympic Games in Paris. He knows he has the community behind him here in Taylor. I mean, his family still lives here after all. But he did wear a shirt to the ceremony that said, quote, to all the teachers who told me I wouldn't amount to anything. When Curly was growing up, he says he felt like not everyone realized just how special he was. It's for all the people that doubt me. I still get doubted in life. I guarantee everybody get doubted in life. So this show to remind all the haters that I'm here and I'm going to continue to be successful with you or without you. Well, listen, I think his success speaks for itself, even with those doubters. Now he hopes others will be inspired to keep pushing just like he did. As we mentioned, he is not done. He's training for the summer games coming up in Paris in 2024, and he has a big race coming up at the end of this month in Australia. And Fred, we wish you well. Reporting in Taylor, Jayla Washington, KXAN News. Thanks, Jayla. It is a beautiful mural, and artist Adam Davenport painted it. The city of Taylor approved the location and paid for it last October. Still to come, a dangerous and deadly Arctic blast in the northeast with a wind chill of minus 101 degrees in some areas. How those communities are coping. We aren't alone in Texas with this intense cold this week, but our cold weather is nothing like the life-threatening temperatures blasting the Northeast. NBC's Jan Dan Shinneman has the latest. It's time to bundle up. Corduroy pants, a sweat, a turtleneck, and a sweater. So I'm layered. For a blast of intense winter weather from the Northern Plains to the Northeast. We just want folks to really appreciate uh, the intensity of the weather we're going to get so we can be prepared uh, and come through it on the other side uh, safely and smart. In Buffalo, where a blizzard claimed more than 40 lives this season, the city is setting up signs posting the latest weather information. We are going to be experiencing some of the coldest temperatures that we have seen in four years. Boston has been warned to expect a wind chill of negative 30. Transportation officials will park trains in tunnels overnight to prevent freezing. The extreme weather conditions do have an impact on our system. We prepare for that months in advance. The weather also has an impact on riders. About 12 minutes waiting. It was okay, but it's really cold. 
In New York, where it's expected to feel like zero, commuters are taking the weather in stride. No. I'm used to this weather. I like this cold. <laughs> I love it. Or they're developing the perfect plan. I intend to lay in bed all day. I have nothing to do. The cold blast should be over by Sunday. Dan Sheneman, NBC News. And here's just a comparison, our morning lows versus theirs. This morning in Austin, we dropped to 35 degrees, which was chilly enough. But Boston got down to 10 below zero this morning. That's not even factoring in the wind chill. And you see Hartford, Connecticut got down to nine below zero. At the Mount Washington Observatory, they got down to 47 below zero this morning. We got down into the 60s for highs this afternoon. We'll show you 70s before soaking rain in first warning weather. This KXAN News Podcast is brought to you by Shelf Genie. I'm Rosie Newberry from KXAN Studio 512. Considering replacing your kitchen cabinets? Struggling to find or reach things? Go to shelfgenie.com slash Austin. Shelf Genie designs custom pull-out shelves for your existing cabinets, adding convenience and value to the most used room in your home. Shelf Genie custom pull-out shelves, everything in reach. Most Austin ISD classes will reopen Monday, but there are a handful of elementary schools that may not have classes because the power is still out. There are seven schools affected. They are Andrews, Hill, Jocelyn, Perez, Pillow, Ridgetop, and St. Elmo. Because crews are working throughout the weekend to restore power, that situation could change. District leaders plan to give an update tomorrow, and we will let you know what they say on air and on KXN.com. First warning weather with meteorologist Nick Bannon. Well, we haven't been this warm since last weekend, and we're still reasonably mild, 59 degrees, although this number will be dropping through the 50s quite a bit over the next several hours, eventually 40s. But a lovely looking view from our camera here on KXAN looking toward downtown. Uh, some continued good news. We're no longer seeing any cedar, uh, thanks to, in some part, the cold weather and the freeze. Mold still around though. In fact, today it's up to moderate, higher than it was yesterday. Clouds and radar shows you a mostly clear sky, but enough cloud cover to give way to a gorgeous sunset this evening. If you snap a great photo of the sunset, send it to us at reported at kxan.com. We'd love to see those and uh, potentially share them uh, if we uh, like them and if you sign a little waiver for us so that we can do that later on tonight. On clouds and radar, we've got a mostly clear sky across the state. What's going to happen again likely into tomorrow morning is some areas of uh, patchy fog and low clouds come back at least for some of us to begin your Sunday, especially for the metro and our eastern counties. I don't think the fog tomorrow morning is going to last as long as it did this morning. So I think mid to late morning, the sun is already out and will be mostly sunny for the rest of your Sunday. That plus a warm breeze is going to help to push temperatures way up here tomorrow. We expect 70s return Monday, way more in the way of clouds and some fog in the morning. So a gray start to the the day, but a lot of sun and a stronger warm wind in the afternoon will make Monday even warmer. Tonight, though, we go down to 45 degrees with increasing clouds after midnight and some fog developing too. just light winds out of the south here tonight. Then once the fog and low clouds of the morning here tomorrow give way to sunshine, then it'll be a beautiful rest of your day. Uh, temperatures tomorrow 
call it 10 degrees warmer than today, but a little bit of a breeze out of the southwest, 5 to 15 miles per hour. We have been talking about it for about a day and a half now, the potential here for some pretty soaking and potentially uh, flash flooding causing rainfall coming our way as we head into Tuesday. Here's the updated timing on that. We think Tuesday morning, especially early in the morning, starts dry, but mid to late morning through the middle of the day, the soaking rain starts to spread through the area so that by early afternoon, we're all dealing with with rain and that rain continues heavy at times through Tuesday evening and Tuesday night and even continuing into Wednesday morning as well. This is 930 Wednesday. So second half of Tuesday, first half of Wednesday look really wet. But by the second half of your Wednesday, uh, that rain pulls east of us and then the sun comes out. But it could be a wet 24 hour period for us here in Central Texas. How much rain are we looking at? Well, models continue to shift some of the heaviest rain around a little bit giving not a whole lot to the Hill Country, the European computer model, but a half inch to more than two inches from the metro to our eastern counties. What about the other model, American model? Not as much rain, but still the general consensus is metro and eastern areas get the most, and that's where we could see totals more than an inch or higher. And the Weather Prediction Center has enhanced their concern for flash flooding Tuesday into Wednesday morning. Not only do all of us have a marginal one out of four flash flooding threat, Tuesday into Wednesday morning, but now they've added Williamson County and Milam County at a level two out of four flash flooding threat for that period. So it appears east of Austin will get the most rain, potentially northeast of Austin with the highest flash flooding concerns. We'll keep watching it for you. Certainly, it would be some beneficial rain. That rain continues into Wednesday morning. Then the sun is out. We do drop into the 60s during that period, but we're back to 70 on Thursday ahead of another cold front that takes us out of the 70s and into the 50s, but still sunshine for Friday and Saturday. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Texas faced off against Kansas State in a top 10 matchup that lived up to the billing. It was, it was a tale of two halves for Texas in the not surprisingly very loud Bramlage Coliseum. It's large, too. Texas in first place. There's the crowd rocking before the game. Kansas State in third when the game tipped off. First half, Keontae Johnson with a nice layup to put Kansas State up by 14. But here comes Texas in the second half. Tyrese Hunter getting the pass in the corner, draining the three-pointer. Texas only down four. That was part of a 12-2 run by the Longhorns. Then on the fast break, Timmy Allen giving it up to Dylan Mitchell for the layup. Texas only down by one after that. And then with them down two off the miss three, Christian Bishop with the rebound, a layup, plus the foul. He would give the Longhorns their first lead in a while after the made free throw. Then Christian Bishop with the jam right there. He went off in the second half. Big day for him, 58-52. There's more to come from Christian Bishop. But Marquise Noel for Kansas State giving the Wildcats the lead with a minute to go right there with that shot. But here comes Christian Bishop. The nice move inside goes in for the layup. Texas back up by one. Then on the defensive end of the floor, Marquise Noel trying to give K-State the lead again, but it's blocked by Bishop. Then after two Texas free throws, they're up three. One last attempt from Kansas State. No good. And Texas wins a big one, 69-66. to Christian Bishop, 14 points and six blocks. The Longhorns improved to 8-2 and two in conference play, remaining alone at the top of the Big 12. Women beat Kansas with Allen Fieldhouse. That one just wrapped up. Not an easy thing for Texas to do at all. Final score of 68 to 65. Deanna Gaston, she went off in this one, scoring 24 points and pulling down seven rebounds. So a good day for Texas basketball on the road. All right, to soccer now. Austin FC, they're continuing 
their stretch of training, getting ready for the regular season debut at the end of the month. We've got some action from their preseason match against El Paso coming up. Keep it here. Austin FC is now halfway through their preseason schedule. They played their first preseason match in their city today against another Texas club, the El Paso Locomotive of the USL. Austin FC looked pretty impressive at the St. Davis Performance Center with their crowd cheering of them on behind the fence there. Um, the Verde and Black dismantled El Paso with goals from Maxi Arruti, Sebastian Driussi, no surprise there, Ethan Finley, and David Rodriguez, a member of Austin FC 2, their reserve team. Now, with the first match coming at the end of the month, head coach Josh Wolf is pleased with how things are going. We're learning each game with, um, with some of the new introductions or new ideas that we've introduced, but um, the guys work and compete in a really, really good way. I think today was, was good for them. They rewarded themselves for, for three and a half good weeks. The weather broke. It gave us you know, clear skies and a little cool, so it was, it was good. All in all, really, really solid performance. Yeah, I'm sure they appreciated that because this was definitely a funky week with, you know, everything going on with the weather. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they made up for it a bit, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, for All sure. right, thanks, Jonathan. Let's take, speaking of weather, let's take a final look at it. Yeah, well, let's take you through tomorrow, shall we, here, as we expect. It's actually going to be a pretty nice day. Once we get rid of some of the morning low clouds and fog, then it's full sunshine. And look at where the temperatures go, heading for 73 here tomorrow. Then it's even warmer on Monday. It's a windy Monday, but it's a warm one up to 76 with a mix of sun and clouds. Tuesday, increasingly wet, especially in the afternoon and nighttime. That rain lingers into Wednesday morning with the concern for some isolated flash flooding there. And then we're back to dry again, but we do turn much cooler as we head toward the second half of the week. We go from the 70s to the 60s to the 70s and then the 50s again. So not sure what we had last week compared <laughs> no, no, to this week. I don't like know that. why we always get surprised by it. Have a great night. See you at 10.